Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. God is doing incredible things in Tampa. Learn more about us at horizontampabay.com. We hope you find today's message inspiring and encouraging. Let's dive in. My name is Chris. Excuse me. My name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon. And if we hadn't had the chance to meet, uh, I'm just overjoyed that you have chosen to worship with us here this morning. Um, we are wrapping up a, a two-week series called BFFIRL. Um, if you're not familiar with what that that stands for, like best friend forever in real life. Uh, so often today, our relationships are, are online, are virtual, and so we struggle with what it actually means to be in relationship with the people that are actually sitting right next to us in real life. And so we're uh, spinning, wrapping this up, and next week we'll open up a new series called Anxious and, and Afraid. And how do we deal with living a life where we're so often we, we find ourselves anxious um, and with the biblical truth in, uh, speak into those. And so... I, I invite you to, to bring a friend next week. This is something we all struggle with. Um, bring a friend, and it'll, it's going to be a great series for us, and we're excited about starting that next Sunday. Last week, Erica spoke a little bit about toxic relationships, and we've all been there. We've all had those toxic relationships that, that make us want to just do life alone, right? We've been hurt. We've been just wronged, and we want to do life alone. And so today, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what it means to actually be in healthy relationships. Because we, we can't do life alone. We just simply can't do it. It's, it's not healthy for us. Biology, uh, psychology, any kind of ology talks about how terrible it is for our bodies. Um, it really does just genuinely make us unhealthy to do life alone, to be lonely um, by, by far, uh, lonely people are more stressed. Lonely people are more likely to suffer from heart disease. Uh, this was probably, I think, one of the more striking statistics. Lonely people are at a higher risk for cancer. And even that, on top of that, lonely people then are often take longer to recover from cancer. Those that don't have social ties... Uh, typically live longer. They've been tracking this since the 1970s, and it continues to prove true. And here's the thing. When we're in healthy relationships, what do we do? We, we make better decisions with, our, with what we eat. We make better decisions to exercise and take care of our bodies, to sleep more. There's so many benefits to having friends around us that um, this is an important thing that we talk about. Uh, there was a study about 10 years ago that um, kind of game, became famous. You may remember it. Um, they, they researched people that, that stood at the foot of a hill. And they had people individually stand at the hill. And they asked them, how steep do you think this hill is? And then they had two people stand at the bottom of a hill. And they asked them, how steep do you think this hill is? And when people answered this individually, they thought the hill was much steeper then when they stood next to someone, when they stood next to someone, the hill wasn't quite as steep. And then there was a study at UCLA, and they, they interviewed college students, and they showed them pictures of, of terrorists, which is a little strange, but they showed them pictures of terrorists. 
And they ask them to guess how, high, how tall do you think they are? How much do you think they weigh? How strong do you think they are? And when they asked individual college males to guess their height, their weight, their strength, they were much higher than when they asked a group of college males about their height, their weight, their strength. When they stood there individually and were asked these things, they saw them almost as giants, right? But when they weren't alone, when they were surrounded with other people, those giants shrank in stature. That hill became much less of an obstacle in their way. And so we're going to start off today in Genesis chapter 2. If you've got your Bible with you, I invite you to open up. We'll be reading uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. So God, God's created the world. God has created the waters, the land. He's created the animals. And at this point, he looks out at, at Adam. And this is what it says. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And oftentimes, uh, you'll hear this read at weddings. And I, I think we, we make too quick of a jump here to think this is just about marriage. So Adam shouldn't be alone, and so God creates Eve, and they're going to get married and live happily ever after. I have to actually confess, I think the pastor at Eric and I's wedding actually read this there. Um, but what I think is we miss when we skip that quickly to this is God's actually talking just simply about our relationships. We're not to do life alone here. We're not to do life alone. We were made to have connection. We need to have connection. We were made for relationships in that way. And we, we have to think this is, there's no better time than now to have connections, right? It's so easy I, I can reconnect with my high, high school BFF, right, just on social media. I don't even have to ask my friend that went to Disney World yesterday about their trip. I got 15-minute increments on their Instagram story about how it went, right? There's no need to even have a conversation. I know how it was. We can even be friends with celebrities, right? You know, uh, Erica knows I'm going to talk a little bit about Taylor Swift here. Um, so I actually ran into Taylor Swift one time when we lived in Nashville. She was buying peppermint mocha on the aisle at Kroger. And I can follow her on Instagram. I could comment later when she posted a picture drinking that peppermint mocha creamer. It was almost Christmas time. That's my favorite. Like, I could literally be friends with Taylor Swift. I saw her once. I can comment on her picture on Instagram. We can be friends just like anyone else. I can, I can comment on her picture just like my actual friends, right? And we, we get these lines blurred. Our relationships become a little foggy. We can be close friends with celebrities when we think about it online. Throughout my most thought, the, the oldest generation is typically, they, they've always thought, was the loneliest. And this, is, this seems easy to, to kind of understand that as their social network really does just begin to die around them, they, the older generation typically becomes more lonely. But what what people are finding out right now is Generation Z, those born after 1995, are actually more lonely than the oldest generation. The health insurer Cigna, these people put a lot of time into studying people's health and predicting things and their behaviors. 
Cigna says that Generation Z, the loneliness that they're experiencing, those that are lonely have the, equivalent, the health equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's the health prediction that they're putting on loneliness. Many people say that we're facing a loneliness epidemic today. While there's opportunities to connect all around us, online, many of us find ourselves still lonely. I can like your picture online, but yet I don't know that your marriage is, is falling apart, right? I can view your Instagram story, but I don't know that your life right now is being ravaged by addiction. I can share a post online, but I don't know that every day you wake up in fear because you're overwhelmed by anxiety, right? So this morning we're going to look at three biblical truths from the life of Jesus. Jesus had, had hundreds, if not thousands of followers. Oftentimes he would, he would teach or he would heal in a certain village, and the crowds would become so large that he would go to escape. He would get, literally get in a boat and go to the other side of a lake, and the crowd would run around the lake and meet him back over there. There were hundreds of people. He had a lot of followers, right? But yet he had 12 friends, those 12 disciples, and even within those 12 disciples, the scriptures tell us that he had three best friends, three best friends within that. And these best friends often made mistakes. And here's the thing. The first thing that we can learn from Jesus is that we need face-to-face -face friends. Because God comes to us in Jesus. God comes face-to-face -face with us in Jesus. God came in flesh when we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating God coming to us. There's a fancy theological word called the incarnation, that God came to us. If you've ever read the message translation of the Bible, um, I think it puts it in the coolest terms. It says Jesus moved into the neighborhood when it talks in John 1. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. God put on flesh. God came and lived with us. God came face to face with us. We have time with God because of how Jesus lived his life. I think for us, the way this really, I find myself trying to live this out is how quick we are to just simply post online when, when something happens in someone's life saying our, our thoughts and prayers are with you, right? But what God does is God actually acts. God comes face to face with us. God doesn't just send his thoughts and prayers to us. God acts decisively in the life of Jesus to heal our relationship. And so I've really genuinely tried to make this a practice. Because it's so often I'll be in conversation and someone will clearly need prayer. And I'll, I'll give them the passive, like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you, absolutely. 
And I've really made it a practice to never text that, never post that, if I haven't actually prayed for them ahead of time. And it's a challenge. This isn't easy because I, I just want to make that quick into the conversation. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. But hear me say this is, this is hard work even for me as a pastor to have that face-to-face relationship in that way. To really genuinely care for folks that are my friends. The second thing from Jesus' life that I think we can take away is we need some sticky friends. Yeah, that's, you can laugh. We need sticky friends. Because here's the thing, Jesus' friends, the 12, and even his best friends, James and Peter and John, his best friends, what'd they do? They argued about who was the greatest among them, who was going to sit on his right hand, who was going to sit on his left hand, who did Jesus like more? They argued right there next to Jesus. Those same friends. When Jesus was in his hour of greatest need, when he asked them, could you do one thing for me? Could you stay up? I'm about to be arrested. I'm going to die. Could you stay up tonight and pray with me? Could you stay up and pray with me? And what they do? Those disciples, his friends, his best friends, they couldn't even do that. They fell asleep when he asked them to do one thing. And the next day, They absolutely just turned their back on him. And yet, Jesus was sticky with them. He stuck by them. He stuck by them even when they turned their back, when he had a need and they couldn't fill it. He stuck with them. Right? And when we think about our our online relationships, what do we do when we don't want to stick with someone? Unfriend. We can unfollow that's like the, I think the worst of them all, to be honest with you. Because like no one even knows that you did it because you're still friends with them now. But now you unfollow them. So they're like, their political rants that you don't want to see don't show up anymore, right? That's called being passive aggressive. <laughs> or we can just simply block. Like they don't even exist in our life, right? And we think we only do this online, right? But we do it in real life too. We just simply start to withdraw we don't call them back, we don't answer a text. And what we've done is we've blocked, we've unfollowed, we've unfriended. And we've not been sticky. We've not been a sticky friend ourselves. And we need to be a sticky friend. We need, and we need sticky friends around us. Because sticky friends are the friends that we can count on. Sticky friends are the ones that show up. Sticky friends are the ones that are there for us. Sticky friends are not too busy. Sticky friends are the ones that we can trust. Sticky friends are the ones we can trust, right? And if you're anything like me, you're like, man, I am a sticky friend. I'm a sticky friend. But if you're anything like me, you're actually probably not. You're just as flaky as all your other friends that you think are flaky. Because I, I'm going to guess that you've had this same conversation Either with your spouse, your partner, or just even in your head. You're so busy, right? And you're going to plan this, like, you're going to go to dinner with someone. You're going to do something with someone. You're going to this party. And you've, you've literally had it on your calendar for five weeks because you're so busy. It took that long to schedule it. And that day has finally come. 
And you're like, man, why did I schedule this? Like, this is the one night I, like, just want to, like, not do anything. Why did we do this to ourselves? The kids are going to be going crazy. Why did we do this? This is just a terrible idea. Like, can we just, like, make up an excuse? Can we just tell them, like, we're all sick and we're, like, throwing up everywhere? And they don't, they don't want to be near us, right? And we're like, let's just call them and let's tell them we can't make it. And then you're like, man, we scheduled this five weeks ago. Let's just go. Let's just do it. Whatever. And then you end up, you're on your way home, and you're like, that was the best night ever. <laughs> and you just wanted to flake out. But yet, by being sticky, it took a little work. It took showing up. It took being there. It took being in relationship with other people. You're like, man, that's what I was made for. I was made for that connection. That's what it means to be a friend. And the last thing I think we can learn from Jesus is a story that, that's at the end of his life in John. Is that we read here from John chapter 21. So the, the disciples, they've been out fishing in a boat. And it says, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. And then skipping down to verse 12, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast with me. The third thing we can learn from Jesus is that we need some fire pit friends. We need friends that have no agenda that just simply, while they were still working, while they were still catching their fish, Jesus starts a fire. And they've had a long night of fishing. They're worried about their nets being empty. And they get back to shore. And Jesus is waiting there for them. They've started a fire. He started a fire. And he's inviting them to breakfast. He's already started making breakfast. Bring some of that, what you have, those fish that you have. And let's just have breakfast together. There's no agenda. There's no, we need to talk about these things. We need some more fire friends in our lives, right? They're just sitting around. They're talking. I imagine they're laughing together. They're being connected. I have to think about my own life when we've had those moments around a fire pit, whether it's, it's camping or in someone's backyard, around even a barbecue grill, when you just enjoy life. And I don't think we do enough of this because we're always worried about flaking out or our friends flaking out on us. So we don't even take time to do these kind of things, right? We need fire pit friends in our lives that have no agenda to simply be our friend, to enjoy each other. This morning when you, when you leave, I've actually got a book of matches in the back that someone's going to hand you when you leave today. Because I think we need to start some more fire pits this week in our lives. We need more spaces to be in conversation, to be in laughter, and to enjoy relationships. Because so many of us have been hurt by relationships. So whether that is in a backyard, around a campfire, a barbecue grill, maybe even it's with your spouse, with your partner, with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever that might be this week because there's something happening on Friday. Um, you might just need a candlelight fire pit. 
this week to work on that relationship. You need to take time, right, to do that this week. And you're going to need some matches. And so I want to shine a little light and ignite change this week in our relationship. So I want you to have those matches with you. And guys, I, I, I know guys, we, we struggle with this a lot. Because we, we have this sense, either internally or are forced upon us, of this rugged individualism. That we're going to do life alone. We don't ask for help. We don't stop for directions. We're going to figure it out. But guys, we can't do life alone like that. It's not healthy for us. It's not healthy. This Tuesday night, there's going to be a new guys small group starting up called Fire Starters. Because we need to be starting some fires together. Sparking those conversations. Right? So lastly, I, I just want to say, do we have these kind of people in our lives? Do we have these kind of people in our lives? Because Jesus did hang out with sinners and we've got to have some non-Christian friends. But Jesus also tells us we've got to surround ourselves with a kind of community that, that's going to actually stop and pray for us. That's going to show up and be there, talk those hard truths in our lives. We're going to need people that are going to worship here with us. We're going to need those people that are, are going to push us. They're going to push us up those mountains. They're going to carry us up those mountains because when we're with them together, those mountains don't look quite as steep. They're going to remind us that we serve a God that not only makes those mountains look smaller, that actually moves mountains too, right? We need those people in our lives. And so the challenge for this week is we've got to be face-to-face -face friends, sticky friends and fire pit friends. And you got to pray for those friends to surround you in your life this week as well. And lastly, that the third challenge is to step out. Step out. That's why we offer meetups like PB&J, Trivia. We offer small groups because those are opportunities to step out. If you're finding yourself lonely this morning and wanting to be in a relationship, step out. It's not easy. It's not going to happen overnight. It may take a whole year of showing up somewhere to connect. But we've got to step out. We've got to step out and take that risk of being in a relationship. So would you join me in prayer? God, we come this morning. You know our hearts. You know that so often we, we buy into those lies, that, that we can do this on our own, that we don't need anyone. But God, we come this morning confessing that we need you and we need others in our lives. God, give us the grace, the grace to be friends that come face to face, that are sticky, that show up, that are present. And God, use us this week to be the kind of people that are starting fires, starting fires and inviting others to be in relationship with no agenda, with no ulterior motive, just to be present with you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Horizon Church Podcast. If you are in the Tampa area, 
consider joining us one Sunday. You can also be a part of shining light and igniting change by financially supporting the ministries of Horizon Church at horizontampabay.com giving. Thank you again for joining us 